Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the AOC Being Around podcast. My name is Dr. Lock Lam. I am currently a media liaison for the uh, AOC Being Around Resident Council. And uh, if you're new with us in this podcast, uh, this is the podcast uh, part of the fellowship series where we explore various uh, BMNRs of specialty as well as uh, chatting with current fellow and uh, explore about their unique experience and career path. Um, in this uh, podcast, we're going to talk about brain injury fellowship. Brain injury is one of the core especially in the physical medicine re- rehab field. Uh, a lot of residents will go through this service as part of their training and some may call, it, call, down, call the specialty as their career path calling. So how to apply into this specialty? What is the timeline and what's the requirement for the fellowship? With us here today is our special guest who was a physiatrist trained at the Baylor College of Medicine's physical medicine rehab and recently started his fellowship at Spalding Rehab Hospital, uh, an associate uh, hospital rehab hospital with the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, Dr. Nathan Darchi. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, thank you for accepting our invite to be in the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And uh, congratulations to you as well for uh, matching into what I think is an excellent Human our residency program at Baylor College of Medicine. So, looking forward to uh, seeing the great things you do in the field. Yes, yes, I'm I'm very glad I mentioned to the few, and uh, I am very looking forward to the uh, the start day of PGY2, uh, especially like at the same program that you uh, you went through before as well. So that's going to be very mm-hmm. exciting. And uh, all right, so we're gonna go ahead with the podcast. Uh, before that, uh, I just want to ask some questions regarding about you uh, as a uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, about yourself. Um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? Um, where are you from? Uh, what medical school did you go to? And uh, what residency that you recently graduated from? A little bit about that. Yeah, yeah sure. So uh, as Locke mentioned, my name is Nathan Darji. Um, I'm originally from the Chicagoland area. I uh, grew up there, I went to high school there, um, and I did my undergrad at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, then I came back closer to home from medical school. I did my uh, school at Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine at Midwestern University. Um, and then I decided I wanted to go into PMNR, and I applied and I matched at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, where I recently graduated from. Uh, I served at the, as the administrative chief resident while I was there. Um, and then I decided I wanted to go into brain injury medicine and I applied for fellowships. And uh, here I am now at Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital affiliated with Harvard Medical School uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, so it's been a great journey so far and I'm excited to talk to you all more about brain injury medicine today. Yes, that's uh, an awesome journey you got there. And uh, so I know that BMR is a very diverse field with like a diverse specialty as well. Uh, why did you choose brain injury as your focus in BMNR? Yeah, so I've always kind of been interested in the neurosciences. Uh, my undergraduate degree was actually in neuroscience. Um, I've always kind of been this like neuro uh, kind of nerdy person. Uh, so when I went into medical school, I, I naturally thought I was going to do neurology. 
and then I did a few rotations in neurology and I just didn't think it was the great fit for me, essentially. I wanted to kind of follow these patients long-term and see how they do and kind of help them more on a, on a personal, more meaningful level. Um, and that's when I landed upon uh, physical medicine and rehabilitation. Uh, so kind of going into PM&R, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be somewhat involved in the neurorehabilitation realm of the field. Um, so uh, as I did some rotations in, in brain injury and traumatic brain injury and stroke at uh, Baylor, uh, it really kind of sealed the deal for me. I mean, I was seeing the patient population that I thought I was always interested in, which was this uh, neurology patients who were afflicted by a neurologic injury. Um, and we kind of got to see how they progressed uh, in their inpatient rehabilitation phase uh, and also how they progressed long-term after they were done with inpatient rehab. Um, and what I loved about it so much was that, you know, oftentimes these patients would get better and kind of being there and helping them throughout that process, I felt really rewarding. And so that's kind of one of the main reasons why I decided to uh, pursue brain injury medicine as a career choice. Yeah, I, I understand what uh, what you come from in terms of like look, seeing how patient progress and seeing how they get back the quality of life is like one of the best experience that uh, physical medicine we have offered, especially like in now you're like very interested in the in the part of like the yeah. brain injury field as well. And right. so uh, what as you know, you are like currently a fellow and going to be an attending later in the field of brain mm -hmm. injury. So mm -hmm. what's role of physiatry usually do in the field of brain injury? I know that neurology also have a role in it. Neurosurgeon also have a role in it. And how is the big of a role as a physiatry in that field? Yeah, so um, neurosurgeons and neurologists are usually involved in the care of patients with a brain injury in the acute phase. So when they initially present with the brain injury, uh, they're kind of responsible for the more acute management and neurosurgeons are involved with the neurosurgical management and the neurologists are, man are responsible for the more medical management in the acute phase. Uh, once the patient's medically stable, they come to inpatient rehab. Um, and that's often when a brain injured patient will encounter a brain injury physiatrist and really the responsibility for a brain injury physiatrist is to kind of be the primary care physician um, for these patients and kind of rehab PCP is what I like to think of it as. And uh, it's in the brain injury physiatrist, really what they're doing is they're addressing the prevention diagnosis, treatment and management of the patient with brain injury, including the related medical, physical, psychosocial and vocational disabilities that the patient uh, has during their, during their entire lifetime. So oftentimes we're just kind of scratching the surface when they're in inpatient rehab and they'll continue to have uh, disability and um, issues re related to their disability throughout their lifetime. And so I think that's a nice part about uh, being a physiatrist is that you often get to follow these patients long-term. Um, and as they kind of progress and have uh, uh, as they get better, they have a new set of challenges. So for example, oftentimes there's more medical issues when a patient's in inpatient rehab. Once they get discharged, there's more psychosocial, vocational, uh, return to work, return to driving. Um, more, sometimes there's more behavioral issues as, as well when they get home. Um, and so it kind of provides this unique spectrum of challenges as the patient progresses and it kind of keeps you on your toes. Uh, so I think that's definitely something that I enjoy about brain injury medicine. Um, 
Uh, the brain injury physiatrist will take care of patients on the entire spectrum of brain injury, so mild, moderate, and severe. Um, I actually did not get much concussion exposure in residency, and here in fellowship, I'm getting a lot of um, exposure to mild TBI and concussion. Spalding is really well known for their concussion program, uh, and so I think that's been a unique experience because it's very different than uh, the patients that you'd see in moderate and severe brain injury. Um, and then I guess the other thing to note also is that brain injury physiatrists can work in various settings. They can work in inpatient, they can work in outpatient, they can work in consultation type roles in the inpatient um, hospital and acute care. Uh, and then there's also several procedures that are involved, including botulinum toxin injections. Um, you can do trigger point injections, especially if your patient has like cervicogenic neck pain from a, a whiplash injury or mild traumatic brain injury. Um, and then there's also like intrathecal pump management for spasticity. So there's a lot of fun and exciting things in brain injury medicine. Um, so I think it's a great choice for somebody who is interested in that kind of work. Oh, wow. That's uh, actually a lot, sound like a lot of fun in the uh, brain injury uh, field. I didn't know about the yeah. whiplash. You can actually do both of that. And I like the term primary care uh, rehab doctor, that, that the term, the uh, PCP rehab doctor mm -hmm. that you use, uh, definitely describing like how a physiatrist is in, in uh, uh, a role to the patient. So, mm -hmm. um, so how this is to, to go straight to the point of uh, like the people that are interested in the field of uh, brain mm -hmm. injury. So how, uh, how long is a brain injury fellowship? Uh, and what topic, uh, like you at I saw that you cover some of it already, but what topic would the resident continue to like, uh, explore more or further cover why they are doing their fellowship uh, in the brain injury field? Yeah, so all uh, ACGME brain injury medicine fellowships are one year long. Um, so it's just one year after your residency. Um, and really, the fellow will learn about everything brain injury related um, and various diagnoses from mild, moderate to severe, as I mentioned earlier. Um, it's also notable that some programs are purely traumatic brain injury and some programs include, most programs I think include traumatic brain injury and stroke into this all-encompassing field called brain injury medicine. Um, and so uh, if you're interested in just traumatic brain injury, then you may want to seek out those fellowships. If you're interested in uh, everything brain injury medicine related, including stroke, then I'd definitely look into those programs. Um, and uh, I guess the other thing that you'll get as a fellow is you'll get some more hands-on exposure to procedures like toxin injections, sugar point injections, intrathecal pump management. Um, I think most residencies do a really good job of getting some basic foundational exposure to brain injury in their, in their residency program. So if you went to a really good program, uh, like myself, I went to Baylor, I don't think I really needed to do a fellowship. And if I really wanted to go out and, and do brain and practice brain injury medicine and kind of a subspecialized inpatient freestanding rehabilitation hospital. But I think what the fellowship really provides you is kind of more time to do more academic scholarly activities, um, to give presentations, um, to get some uh, things published in the literature, um, 
and uh, just to kind of gain more confidence and independence in the way you manage and kind of get this higher level expertise. So I think for most people, uh, that's what the fellowship really provides. It's kind of this extra level of training and education um, so they can go on and, and practice independently and be more confident and also get kind of more scholarly activities under their belt. So uh, I think that's something um, that I, at least I was looking for in the fellowship. Yeah, that's very informative, especially like how you break it down. Like there's some program just focused just only on traumatic brain injury alone by itself and some that cover like everything. So that's uh, like very uh, something that I, I learned here from this podcast today. Actually, like there's something very new that I learned. Uh, so uh, so can you tell us the process of like applying to the brain injury fellowship and what is the requirements mm -hmm. and how is the like a general timeline if someone like interested in that field? Yeah, so um, I, most of the most of the people who are applying to brain injury medicine um, will apply during their uh, fourth year of, of medical school, or sorry, residency, not medical school. Um, and you need three letters of recommendation. So uh, I think one of them needs to be from your program director. For most programs, I would definitely check each program's website and requirements before uh, taking this uh, my advice for all encompassing. Um, uh, you need a personal statement. Uh, the application is through ERAS. So for those of you who applied um, to residency, you're probably very familiar with ERAS. Um, so in my year, it was a little different because of COVID, they kind of uh, provided an extra month or so to submit the application. So I submitted my application in August. Um, and then uh, August 17th, I think was our deadline. And then I started getting uh, interview invites kind of mid to late September. Um, and my interviews pretty much went until the end of October. Um, there are some programs I interview until mid-November. Um, I think now that we're, they're kind of back on a normal timeline, that may be a little bit different, but I think in general, September to like mid-November is interview time. And then December, uh, there's like a second or third week of December is match day. Um, so that's kind of the general um, timeline. Um, and then as far as a process, I think uh, it's definitely good to get mentorship early on um, and get involved in research and things like that. All right, that's that's uh, very uh, informative about like uh, the whole process of uh, app applying. And I know that you mentioned as well that you applied during the difficult time like of COVID-19 and everything was like basically go on virtual. And I know this year they also continue with that as well with the virtual interview. Uh, what are some advice that you can give on how like to tackle like this virtual uh, fellowship interview experience? And um, uh, like since you have been going through it already once already, can you tell a little about that? Yeah, so uh, like every interview, I think it's important to be prepared. Um, and so practice, get some good, you know, general interview questions, write them down, write down your answers to what them would be. I find like kind of outlining uh, things to be helpful. I usually uh, try to create like a list of at least five or six like anecdotes um, that you uh, had throughout your residency experience, um, meaning like patient encounters or an interaction with an attending, 
uh, like a, or a positive interaction or experience that you had that you can kind of tell in a story format. Um, and, and then you can kind of plug those in into various questions uh, depending on what the question is. And I think it kind of provides a more concrete example and it kind of shows a little bit of your personality in interviews. Um, I found it very helpful to practice with a friend. Uh, luckily I had a, a friend who was willing to kind of sit down over Zoom and kind of ask me questions. And I found that very helpful because it really forced me to kind of think in this Zoom uh, format. Um, and I think that that practice session really kind of helped me prepare for the actual virtual interviews. Uh, I will note that I, I think for a one-year fellowship, uh, whether you're applying to pain medicine, sports medicine, brain injury, spinal cord injury, cancer rehab, whatever it may be, uh, is actually not bad because um, you're, you're pretty much going to be there for one year. And I don't, I think most people would agree that you don't necessarily need to see the facilities and kind of be there in person to interact with the faculty and things like that. I think you can get a lot of, uh, I guess, kind of this gut check or culture vibes from the uh, actual Zoom interview. So I didn't find it terribly difficult to kind of rank based on um, the Zoom format for a fellowship. I think for residency, it may be a little more challenging because you're going to be there for a little longer. But I think for fellowship, I very much prefer the Zoom format. I don't. I think traveling uh, long distance and um, paying for flights and hotels uh, for something like a one-year fellowship, I think would have been a lot of money and a lot of time and expense. So I actually really enjoyed the, the Zoom format. Yeah, that's. I, I think I agree with that. Like um, with the Zoom format, there's a lot of uh, a lot of pros coming with it. Uh, especially mm -hmm. in like traveling time and then like money spend and everything and uh, you write about the the one year fellowship i think that uh, mm -hmm. i think that uh, um, something that uh, should be considered uh, in the future as uh, uh, another alternative to like uh, uh, interview uh, in person versus virtual mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. Uh, talking about like you talk about like your experience and the story that, that, that you need to like prepare for the interview so what are some of your favorite moments as a BMNR resident that uh, basically shaped you to uh, pursue the fellowship in trauma, the, in brain injury uh, that you have at uh, Baylor? Yeah, so I think Baylor is a, a great place to train if you're interested in neurorehabilitation. Uh, we spend a lot of time at Tier Memorial Hermann, which I feel is one of the best rehab hospitals in the country. Um, and what I really enjoyed was kind of this close mentorship that I developed with a lot of the brain injury faculty at TIER. Um, they kind of really reeled me in. They saw that I was interested in this and they started inviting me to like fellowship didactics. They started getting me more involved in procedures. Uh, they started getting me more involved in didactics. Um, and so I think that they really foster a culture of mentorship. Um, and so that's literally what I enjoyed in residency. Uh, and then obviously kind of getting to know the patients and their families and being really being part of their process. And I think as a resident uh, at Baylor, you do get a lot of exposure and a, a chance to be involved with the team. You get to communicate with the therapists, the case managers and social workers, the patients or families. And uh, you are very much part of the team. It's not just, um, 
the attending. And so I think that was really unique. Uh, and uh, I think that kind of really helped me become more confident and more, um, uh, I, I found it more enjoyable to be part of that type of process. Uh, and so I think those are some of my favorite memories um, from TIER and some of the things that I really enjoyed. That's awesome. Uh, you make me even more excited now <laughs> uh, for the uh, second year uh, of uh, residency. And uh, so uh, talking about, uh, just to get back, talking about the uh, Brain Injury Fellowship. So sure. what, why did you choose uh, spotting as a fellowship uh, to, to go to? Yeah, so Spalding has an incredibly rich academic environment. Uh, I mean, there's experts in the field of brain injury medicine. There's experts in the field of every subspecialty of PM&R at Spalding. Um, so really, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go there, because they have such, such rich opportunities to be involved in academics and for mentorship as well. Um, I can say that, I mean, it's only been like three months into my fellowship and I've already given like three lectures. Uh, I've already started writing papers and getting involved in research and having weekly meetings with um, uh, the research lab group and also other people and other faculty members within the department. So they really get you involved in um, academics and kind of involved in resident education and they and so I think it's a very rich learning environment. And that's kind of what I was looking for in a fellowship. Uh, in addition to that, it's the facilities are amazing. Um, I mean, we have ocean views uh, from the Spalding resident room uh, in the fellows area. So I think uh, that could definitely kind of uh, gives a nice positive uh, uh, general culture and experience at, at Spalding. Um, and then I think that Spalding is uh, like Tier, probably one of the top rehab hospitals in the country. Uh, so I couldn't pass up the opportunity to train uh, here. Um, and, uh, and so far it's been an incredible experience and I can't wait to continue uh, my fellowship. That's how like a great program there that you, that you attend right now. And uh, so as a fellow, I know that you mentioned about the lectures and uh, teaching and everything. So how much autonomy mm -hmm. does the program give you as a fellow as in terms of like uh, managing patients as well as like teaching maybe to the residents and uh, in general giving out lecture and stuff like that. And uh, how much time do they usually in also invest into like teaching you like fellows in, uh, into the fellow for their, their learning and their educations? Yeah, so uh, Spalding, they really invest a lot of time in the fellows learning, uh, but they provide a structured environment for self-directed learning as well. So we have these weekly brain injury medicine lecture series, um, and the fellow presents about five times throughout the year. Um, and then there's also journal clubs that we are expected to present uh, two to three times throughout the year. Uh, we have these individual sessions with one of our uh, neuropsychologists where we kind of go over uh, papers and we dissect the papers and it's kind of like a critical review of the literature um, series. Uh, we also um, do, uh, we are also involved in research meetings, as I mentioned earlier. 
Um, and so there's a lot of structured learning time, and then there's also time that's devoted to kind of self-directed learning. Um, so we also have this kind of self-paced course called Factor, which is uh, kind of this um, clinical and translational research course. It's all through online. We watch videos and do quizzes and things like that. So that's kind of an example of the more self-directed learning that we do. Um, and uh, we are also, as you mentioned, responsible for giving lectures occasionally to the residents. Um, and so we're involved in, in resident education and we're also expected to give kind of bedside, do bedside teaching and kind of uh, teaching on the side with the residents when they're on service with you um, while the attending is kind of taking care of day-to-day -day duties. So there's a lot of opportunities um, and to kind of learn and teach and to get more confident in being a, a kind of holistic, comprehensive brain injury physiatrist. Wow, that's that's great. That's how like uh, they they give you a, a lot of uh, things to do, uh, but then it looked like a, a very fun thing to do in the the, the fellowship as well in terms of like, teaching mm -hmm. and education. Yeah. Uh, right. So, as a, a fellow, can you tell us like a a day in life, like a, I think your schedule wise as a fellow, usually. Yeah, so if I'm on the inpatient service, um, which I think is like five out of the 12 months you're on the inpatient. So um, majority of the time you're, it's, it's spent on an inpatient rotation. Um, we, uh, you know, I get up in the morning, I get, get to work. I take a shuttle actually uh, from where I live to uh, Spalding, which is really convenient. It drops me off right in front of Spalding. Um, and there's also other people that work at Spalding on the shuttles. So you get to interact and talk with them on the shuttle, which is always fun. Um, and then I get there, I kind of chart review a little bit, but we don't spend too much time chart reviewing. We kind of round together with the attending and the resident on service. And oftentimes the attending will allow the fellow to kind of make decisions and provide input. Um, and kind of we spend a few hours rounding and then if it's uh, depending on the day, there's usually team rounds. So we're involved in team rounds and the fellow and the resident together run the team rounds. Um, so that's always a good experience. Um, sometimes we also have neural behavioral rounds as well, which is kind of this uh, uh, Dr. Giacino uh, gets uh, a patient that's on inpatient and does a full kind of neural behavioral assessment or exam, which I think is a really cool experience. Um, and then oftentimes in the admissions, we're getting uh, in the afternoon, we're getting ready for admissions um, that are coming in and that workload is kind of split between the resident and the fellow uh, with the attendant attending oftentimes helping out as well. So it's really a team group effort. Um, and then uh, kind of going back to the autonomy piece a little bit, as you kind of progress throughout the year in fellowship, you're given more autonomy. Uh, and so the structure kind of changes a little bit. The fellow may round separately than the attending and then may just kind of check in with the attending later in the day. Um, and so that's kind of how it goes. On Tuesdays right now, I, I am in concussion clinic, uh, which is a kind of a nice break away from the inpatient side and kind of provides a little bit of a change of pace. It is uh, obviously a very different population. I see a lot of athletes um, that are after sport concussion. And I also see some younger adults and adolescents uh, who have sustained a concussion. And we're generally providing kind of counseling and in uh, kind of troubleshooting as the patient is recovering from their concussion. Um, and so oftentimes it's a lot of education that we're providing to the patients. Uh, and in that clinic, we're provided uh, 
a pretty significant deal of autonomy. Um, obviously, we start off because I didn't know much about concussion. Um, we we'll start off just kind of learning a little bit, but as we've kind of gone, as I've kind of gone through throughout the months now, I've got, gotten more autonomy and being able to kind of manage these patients on my own with just kind of attending oversight. So definitely there's a level of graded autonomy um, as you kind of progress your fellowship. And I think that's true for most fellowship programs uh, across the country. Yeah, that sounds like a great, great experience there. Uh, that you have uh, with uh, the program. And uh, just a little bit about uh, the life in general in Boston. How, how is it like? Uh, I know you've only been there uh, for like a uh, few months, but how is it like as a yeah, living in Boston right now and uh, working with the uh, spotting rehab? Yeah, so uh, Boston's a great city. Uh, it's a great place to live. It's very walkable. Um, I've only been here in the summer so far, so I can say the weather's been beautiful. Um, I've not experienced winter yet, uh, but um, we'll see how that goes. I've, I've coming from Houston for the past three years. I'm definitely a little anxious about the winter here, so we'll see how that goes. But I am from Chicago, so I think I'll be able to handle it. Uh, wouldn't, shouldn't be too much of a problem. There's a lot of cool neighborhoods in Boston, kind of every little corner is a different neighborhood that provides kind of this unique um, culture, which I think is really nice. The food is pretty good here. There's a lot of great Italian food, a lot of great seafood, if that's what you're interested in. Um, and I think the nice thing about Boston is that it's very close driving to Maine and other areas of New England. So I got a chance to uh, venture out to Portland, Maine a few weekends ago, which is a really beautiful area. It's only an hour and a half drive from Boston, so very close. Um, and then in the fall, New Hampshire and Vermont are really popular areas to go for um, kind of fall foliage and leaf peeping. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that in a few weeks. Um, so yeah, I think Boston is a very, very cool and fun area to live in. As as I like it, like you got to travel everywhere around New England. That's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. But the winter one is kind of like uh, something that uh, might be a concern for us. Like since you've been in Houston for a long time, longer time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What are uh, okay? So uh, just to get a little bit back about um, some advice from you as a fellow. Mm -hmm. uh, what are uh, your top three question that you would highly recommend uh, the residents to ask uh, during their like interview for dramatic uh, brain injury fellowship program mm -hmm. um, like even before or during the interview like just say consider like a li the city and so like that does that uh, like the one the top three question you you would would ask or anything that you would uh, like to give mm -hmm. advice on that yeah, so I think it's important. I think in fellowship, you really want good mentorship. You want somebody to kind of be there. It's also a time where you're going to be looking for jobs. Um, so I think you want some somebody there who's going to kind of help you through that process. So I think mentorship, uh, asking about what type of opportunities there are for mentorship, who their mentor would be, would be a really good question to ask. Um, another opportunity would be to kind of ask about how the education is structured. So like I was mentioning earlier, there's a lot of, at Spalding, there's a combination of kind of structured and self-directed learning, um, which I think is a great fit for me. And that's how I learn best. Um, so I think you want to kind of find a place that's going to uh, structure their education curriculum around what works for you. So I think that's a good, definitely a good thing to ask. 
Um, and then I think the autonomy piece is also a good question. I think fellowship is the time where you want to gain more autonomy. So I, I would ask how they approach that um, and what kind of structure they have in place for fellows to kind of become more independent and confident in their skills before going on to becoming an attending. Um, and then, like you mentioned, I think, uh, you know, the environment that you're going to be in, the, the type of place that is, uh, What's the city like? Uh, do you need a car? Do you not need a car? Where do most people live? What's the cost of living? What's the food scene like? Uh, those are some things that, uh, depending on who you are and how you, how you plan on spending your time during your fellowship, would be important to ask as well. Um, I do want to spend a little bit of time kind of talking about just general advice of, for people who are applying to brain injury medicine, and you may or may be planning on asking this, but um, I think uh, it's important if you are going to be applying to brain injury medicine to kind of get involved early during your fellowship, uh, during your residency. Um, you may not know exactly that you want to do brain injury early on, and that's fine. Um, obviously, work hard during all of your rotations. Uh, find mentors early on who are going to get you involved in scholarly activities and who are going to provide you advice throughout the application process as you move forward. Um, you want to try to get uh, as many uh, toxin injections and procedures under your belt so you have that experience prior to going into fellowship. Go to conferences. I found it helpful. I presented at a few conferences like AAP um, and uh, North American Brain Injury Society. And I thought that those were very valuable experiences. I met people there and did a little networking that I thought was very helpful um, for the fellowship uh, interview process. Um, and, uh, you know, in, do some research. It could be something as simple as a case report, or you can do something more elaborate, um, like doing an actual study and publishing your research. Or you can even do things like book chapters, which I've done a few as well. And I think that's been a really good experience. Um, especially if you're going to be going into fellowship. So uh, just kind of general advice, if you are considering applying to brain injury medicine um, to kind of do during your residency to make you a good applicant. Uh, that's a great advice right there. Uh, I didn't know that resident can also write a book chapter as well. So <laughs> I oh, yeah. interesting that, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yep. for sure. And uh, you are, seem like a very well resourceful person with a lot of insight in this uh, field of uh, this uh, brain injury uh, of uh, the suppressory in BMR um, mm -hmm. and then in medicine in general as well. Uh, how can our listener connect with you like online or to learn more about you and your current like uh, fellowship program right now? Uh, is there a way yeah. that we can connect with you uh, uh, by like email or anything by enemy that you think of? Yeah, so uh, certainly if you're interested in brain injury or interested in learning more about PMNR or neurorehabilitation, I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, my email address is ndarji102 at gmail.com. Again, that's ndarji102 at gmail.com. Um, you can also reach out to me on Twitter at ndarji102. Um, again, that's ndarji102. Uh, I don't tweet too much on Twitter, but I am, I, I do respond sometimes to uh, direct messages. Um, and uh, if you're interested in learning more about the Spalding's uh, Brain Injury Medicine Fellowship Program, I suggest you just Google it. Uh, and there's a website with all sorts of information uh, that's helpful. I think they gave like a sample schedule as well, if that's something you're interested in knowing. Um, 
And so uh, I think that would probably be the best way somebody can learn about the fellowship program. Yeah, that's uh, great. And uh, I'll, if you guys uh, visit our YouTube video, I will make sure that uh, those email and Twitter will be on the video as well for uh, better visualization as well. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Darjeet. Uh, is there anything else that you would like the audience to know? Anything that has been covered yet uh, in this podcast? Uh, no, not really. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, best of luck to anybody who's applying a brain injury or any fellowships after residency. I'm happy to be a resource, uh, uh, as Locke mentioned, for you all. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll be back with another podcast series soon. And uh, stay tuned.